Hello and welcome to another episode of the Advantage and the Fiddle Picks YouTube channel. I am your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Saturday, October 7th, and today's episode is going to be a core for four players who will definitely be in our cash game lineups for DFS. We will also quickly talk about one or two dart throws we have for GPPs, a random showdown slate we might want to target, any NFL player props we want to throw in the hopper. All of that good stuff. Joining me as he does every Saturday on the show, Mike LaFemina. Mike, welcome back. How you doing? Doing good, man. Looking forward to talking about this slate. Pretty interesting stuff. So we were we were briefly talking off air how this is a little bit of a weirder slate. How with the introduction of bye weeks in week five, you start to see less chalk on the board, less obvious players, more injuries creates more opportunities across the board. Things like that start to happen. When you enter a week where you're not as confident in the slate or when you just feel like it's a little bit wonky or wacky, do you change how you approach the board? So are you looking at it and going, this is a week where I want to play more towards GPP because there's less chalk on the board that I'm going to play into for cash games and let other people screw up around me. This is a week where I'm going to lower my exposure cumulatively because I feel less confident. This is a week where I want to target more individual slowdown shades instead of the, like, how does this, how does the thought process work for you when you kind of just like meh about a DFS slate? <laughs> um. It may be a me problem, but I'm not lowering the exposure at all. We're, we're going just as hard as we do every week. Um, I will sprinkle in maybe a little more GPP lineups just because there is a little more volatility and a little more opportunity for, you know, to embrace the variance that this week can bring. So that's really the only adjustment I'll make. I still stick to my process finding the value that's, that is there and then just making the necessary adjustments. So like for cash games, I normally spend down at quarterback, but there's enough injury opportunity this week where I'm finding myself spending up. We'll get into that, but. Um. Certainly will. I'm still dabbling in this slate, but I'd say it's probably going to be like about a 50 to 70% exposure that I normally do. It also holds true for me in the betting space for week five. I have three bets that I've given out so far. Normally, I'm a higher volume better this week. I'm Titans, Falcons, Steelers. I have no totals at play. I'm just on those sides of the spreads. Um, but yeah, let's get right into it. For me, it's just kind of a wonky week. I don't see as much value on the board, which makes it great that I have someone like you here to come help us break it up and find the good spots that I'm missing. Is Tua the spend-up quarterback? Where's the spend-up quarterback that you're eyeing? And who's would be a cash game quarterback that you'd give out in a core four? Even higher. I'm going Jalen Hurts. Oh, Jalen Hurts. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, look, if you want to go Mahomes, I have no issues with that. Obviously, that's a great um, game environment. But I have Hurts and Mahomes projecting just around the same. You get the $200 discount on Hertz, which, you know, isn't huge savings, but it's when the pricing's tight like this, every every dollar counts. You get the rushing floor with Hertz. Um, and also, I just think the Rams are going to be able to push the Eagles and keep make sure they keep their pedal to the metal this game. Um, just 
and we've had at least nine rushing attempts per game for Hertz. He's basically the goal lineback, right? They get down there. We all know what they're running and no one's going to do a damn thing about it. It's going to be the tush push and it's going in the end zone. He's already got three rushing touchdowns this year. Uh, full complement of his receiving core. This Rams defense, while been better than what I expected to be, still isn't, you know, some juggernaut that I'm avoiding. Um, I'm leaning Hurts here. So Hurts was actually the quarterback that I was targeting too. I was actually thinking I was going to play more GPPs because I expected his ownership to be less than the other two. So it surprises me that you say him. It makes me feel even that much that this is a weird week. But I completely agree. When that Rams-Eagles spread opened, it was 47.5. Immediately got bet towards the over. Went up to 48.5. Immediately got bet again up to the over, 49.5 immediately got bet again up to the over 50 and a half. So it took three rounds of sharp action, just popping and popping and repopping this line to it having a 50.5 total. That means 28 nearly implied points for the Philadelphia Eagles. I do think the Rams game, the Rams are going to keep the ball moving. I think if we're looking for a game like cheaper options, you'd certainly look at Stafford's direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seems like Hertz will be my quarterback as well. I do think the other two clear options we were talking about, the other two projected higher scoring games are that Kansas City at Minnesota in a dome. So weather is not going to be a factor. And Miami versus the New York Giants in Miami. So again, I don't think that's going to be, is it in Miami or is it in New York? It's in Miami, right? It's in Miami. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's going to be a factor as well. We'll have nice weather, warm weather there. We'll have a dome for Mahomes. And Jalen Hurts is in L.A. So three great send-up spots for the quarterback. That was why Mike alluded to this is a week where you can find yourself putting money over towards the quarterback position. What about the running backs, wide receivers, kind of the skill position groups? Who do you think is like the most basic chalk player in the skill position category that should be a core four? Is it straight over to Montgomery and the Lions with Gibbs likely out, Amon Ra out? Is it just... Someone of the Khalif Raymond, David Montgomery, uh, Josh Reynolds, Amison Williams, Laporta, <laughs> stack it up all the lines. Uh, I currently have Montgomery and Laporta. We'll we'll get to the tight end a little later, but Montgomery's in for me. I he was he was even in consideration, only being sixty six hundred, without for sure knowing Amon Rossing Brown was going to be out. Um, and especially now that Gibbs is ruled as doubtful too, that's just even more pushing it. Like he's probably going to be the highest owned guy in the slate. Maybe uh, I always mess this up. What does he want? It a chain a chain now? He wants whatever. To whatever it is, we all know. We all know that speedster. I'm saying a chain. I don't care. Yeah, move the chains. Um, a chain. It should be a chain. Yeah, it should be a chain. I'm sticking with it. But um, you know. We've seen Montgomery have a rushing touchdown in every game this year that he's played. He's already up to five in three appearances, assuming that uh, Jamal Williams role from last year. And he's just been the workhorse really from this offense. Everyone was hyped before the year about what Gibbs's role was going to be. We had that coach speak at the beginning of the year. Oh, he's never, we were inventing a new position for him basically. And it's, you know, it's just been the same old, you know, 
never third comes down. to fruition. Yeah, <laughs> Antonio down, Gibson you know. type of work. Exactly, you know what I think exactly. when, when I look back on the Lions this year, it feels to me that we all go back to the Swift and Jamal Williams workload <laughs> that they had last season and compare it. But not only was Swift disappointing and Jamal Williams great, we then go to this year and Montgomery's probably better than Jamal Williams oh, yeah. was. And there's a yeah. chance Swift was better than what Gibbs has been doing early in the season <laughs> too. So Gibbs might just be even worse than Swift and Montgomery might even just be better than Jamal Williams. So it's exactly what last season's situation was. And then on steroids, I agree the most obvious just plug and chug. If you're in a cash lineup, just play the chalk. Let someone else avoid it and screw up around you. Put uh, David Montgomery in your lineup. The other guys that I see a lot of is like James Conner is in like literally every optimizer. A lot of Brees Hall, a lot of DeAndre Swift that I talked about. Any other of these kind of chalk players that you're thinking about in terms of cash game contest? Mm-hmm. Uh, I still think Joe Mixon is viable as you know, as gross as that is to click, his role is just undeniable. Like going in a good environment, going to Arizona, um, you know, obviously they've been a little more frisky and a little, which is, you know, not a bad thing. Joe Mixon's still getting some passing game work. He may even see a couple extra targets with T Higgins being out and Tyler Boyd ascending to that wide receiver two position. Um, there's just nothing in the way of backup for Joe Mixon that's impactful. He's not super efficient, but he doesn't have to be. He gets a bulk, almost all the carries. He gets worked into the passing game. And for 6,400, you know, that's not, you could do a lot worse. I mentioned A-Chain. Um, he's cash viable this week. Even if he, like, I didn't want to believe it. Even after last week, I was like, oh, well, it was only on eight carries and he got a hundred yards and he kind of, flukily got into two touchdowns but maybe that's I just have to accept that's who he is he's just going to be uber efficient on 10 to 15 touches a game and it's not like the Giants defense is stopping anybody anytime soon um it's my only pause with him is you know what's the role when they get say they go up big are they are they still hammering him with carries or is it most of time you know um Brees Hall is a good price, but again, I just wore like, yeah, there was the report that he's not on a snap count anymore, but they're still going to try and get Dalvin Cook involved. It's not like he's just going to disappear. They paid him, what, seven, eight million dollars to come in. Um, he's just not going to be vanished from the offense. So his true upside of touches is what gives me pause on Brees Hall, obviously the matchup's great and the price is good, but um, spend up option Bijan would be my pick. Obviously, he's the most expensive other than Saquon, but he's just completely vanishing Tyler Algier from the offense these last few weeks. And in a full PPR format like DraftKings, Bijan is just an easy click every time. Yep. So I'm totally with you, Bijan. Probably a lock for my grouping and my lineup. I'm not going to give him out as core four because of how obvious David Montgomery is from the running back yeah. position. I agree with you on the Brees Hall situation, which is a nice transition. Like, they're just not going to stop playing Dalvin. They still paid him and promised him a workload. I mean, this season has not gone what it's been like for expected to be for the Jets. 
But the big situation that we saw, in addition of why I would fade Brees Hall, in addition of why I would still even fade uh, Dalvin Cook, is because what the Jets did last week against the Chiefs showed that the one way that they're helping uh, Zach Wilson throw the ball is by getting him throws on first down. So I look over Mm -hmm. at the wide receiver position, and I see Garrett Wilson at a flat 6K. And I'll tell you this, Mike, there's no way in hell I can avoid him. And I know it's a (laughs) a, a tough pill to swallow. I know he's going to have Patrick Sertain Jr. on the other side probably lining up with him. I know it's a tough matchup. This Denver defense can't tackle anybody. He has a chance to go off. They're going to be throwing on first down. They're going to be trying to make a statement game with Hackett playing in Denver and that whole rivalry reignited. If Aaron Rodgers was playing in this game, this would be the most locked Garrett Wilson into the lineup because he's going to feed him like he fed Devontae. Now it's mm-hmm. $6,000. It would have been $8,000 otherwise. So I still think I'm just taking this massive discount and taking Garrett Wilson in my lineup locked and loaded. Hey, I can't dispute any of that, man. Um, <laughs> yep. You know, that's it. It, it, is, like? it is something. Who do you like for for the wide receiver spend up? Would you rather Justin Jefferson or would you rather Tyreek? So I I wrote about this today. It's Jefferson, even though it's four hundred more. The game environment's pretty equal. I'd see I'd I'd lean a little bit Minnesota KC because I have more confidence that Minnesota can keep up with KC. It's in a dome, um, and he's just got a safer floor than Tyreek, right? Because yep. We've seen Tyreek have two instances this year where he's had 10.2 points, 15-point performances. The lowest point total that Jefferson Jefferson has had was last week, and he had 26 and a half points. Um, it's it's just a <laughs> <The> dude's insane. <laughs> it's that's you know that's the baked-in ceiling or uh, floor you're getting with Jefferson. Then obviously the the ceiling is completely new. It's pretty similar to Tyreek, right? So all things being equal with a similar ceiling, similar game environment, uh, give me Jefferson for the 400 extra. Going over to the tight end position, Travis Kelsey, obviously atop the board, perfect stack with Mahomes in that game, perfect mm-hmm. reverse stack of the Justin Jefferson, or even if you were playing Kirk Cousins, just loading up on that game was a great idea. Simply on the other end of that is the second highest guy on the board, TJ Hawkins in. Sam Laporta, is he the third highest spend on the board? No, there's there's no, Andrews, Andrews Waller. I was sorted by projected points. But Sam yeah. Laporta would be that other name where if you're not paying up for one of these two top-end talents in that shootout game, are you then going to that Panthers-Lions, again, in the Dome in Detroit? And mm-hmm. with Amon Ra out, we do have the return of Jamison Williams, but I don't think he's going to play a lot of snaps coming off a hamstring yeah. and a suspension and his role last season wasn't playing a lot of snaps. So I don't think we're suddenly going to see anything extreme. So Laporta just seems 5,000 kind of like a lock. Yeah. It's just, I, I wanted to try and get Kelsey in, but it just, I have to sacrifice other things that I'm not willing to sacrifice this week. Um, So it's Laporta and I'm okay with Laporta. Like, Obviously, he doesn't quite have the ceiling that Travis Kelsey does, um, but he's got a pretty similar floor. Not, you know, it's not quite as safe, but it's it's getting pretty pretty close, especially with Noah Amara St. Brown. He 
he's going to be working in the middle. We know where Goff likes to throw is the middle. He doesn't take too many deep shots during the game. Uh, Carolina doesn't particularly stop anybody in Detroit, like you mentioned. I forget what their team total is. I don't have it in front of me off the top of my head, but um, Laporte has gotten at least five targets every game, uh, and he's had more than that in both of their home games. So it's Laporta for me. And I'm, there isn't like a low option that's interesting either that I would even consider. Like maybe I was going to ask, Ertz if, yeah, is it Earth <laughs> or is, is it Higby or is it Earth? I kind of like Higby in that game, even with uh, yeah. up returning. I just think the Rams are really going to be able to move the ball. So I, I kind of do like Higby. Ertz has been getting such volume that I think those are viable options. But considering mm-hmm. the expected volume and the injuries that the Detroit Lions have, I would just play straight to Laporta. He's been great this season, and I wouldn't avoid it. Going over to defenses, Mike, uh, again, we find ourselves in a week where there's not like a clear week one. It was the commanders going against the Cardinals. It was the easiest thing in the world. Uh, mm-hmm. In the past, you could choose the team going against the Bears. It's pretty easy decision. Uh, you could choose the team going against the Commanders because of the amount of sacks they've given up. So mm-hmm. uh, those situations kind of not presenting themselves to us on the board. The thing that we thought to play into is just always play against the Arizona Cardinals would mean you play the Cincinnati Bengals, who are a really good defense, but their offense has been so bad that they're mm-hmm. putting their defense in horrible spots. So uh, – it's a pretty tough situation to buy into a Cincinnati defense. There's a few options that I feel comfortable with, but I don't really know where my heart wants me to end up. Now, I'll walk you through them. Titans against the Colts, I think, is a very good option. The Titans' run defense is very stout, and the Colts' strength is a run game. We have sharp action on the Titans, so maybe they come through in a big way. The Patriots are incredibly injured, but they still get Derek Carr and the Saints at home in a game with very low projected total points. And anytime Mm -hmm. you see that situation, I don't know if you want to play into it with Kamara just coming back. Are the Saints really the same Saints team that they've been the past few weeks? I don't really know. It's a tough situation for me. Uh, I guess, and then I guess I'd go back to the, the Cincinnati Bengals. Like, is this the week that you play a Lou Anarumo defense? And you take them, or do you take the Lions and just fade Bryce Young? So who's your defense pick? It's the Titans for me. You you kind of broke down the rushing angle. Uh, and it's just, they're just underpriced. 2,400, it, I think they're the third cheapest defense on the board, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, and it just, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why are, why are the Vikings more expensive than them? Um, you know, it just... It doesn't make any sense. The We've seen Anthony Richardson throw the ball a lot better than I ever anticipated. But if the rushing capacity that he has is taken away from him, not maybe, maybe not completely right, but there's still the opportunity for some sacks. If he scrambles a lot, there's more opportunity for fumbles. Right. Uh, He's also never practiced with Jonathan Taylor in his life. Exactly. Exactly. So what's that read option going to look like? Like what's that where they're in the split section split second based on the way the defender breaks on the edge of a defense. Is he going to pull the ball or hand it off? Is that 
decision going to be muddled? Do they lose a split second of that timing? And, and does it disrupt the whole play? I mean, we've seen since the Cincinnati Bengals, we keep going back to them. Their timing's been half a second off and they can't do anything on either side of the ball. So those are definitely nice way to go through each position, discuss the obvious cash options and come up with a little bit of a core four. If we were going to each take a random shot at a GPP target, and I was going to tell you mine, I told you come up with one or two guys. Mm-hmm. The reason was because I was going to give you two, and my idea was just going to be stack Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown in a GPP. Uh, yeah. I'm starting to think that's less of a difference maker than I thought it was going to be to, to pay up for two Eagles. I thought everyone would either be targeting Mahomes or Tua. And therefore, Mm -hmm. you would leave that little blanket Jalen Hurts kind of a hidden gem. And then I thought, conversely, paying up for a A.J. Brown would be the not the type of pay up player that we would go for in the wide receiver room. So I was like, wow, we could just pair those together, correlate the fact that that Rams Eagles game is getting slammed towards the over and that the Rams Mm -hmm. are really going to put up points. So the Eagles are going to have to keep pace in a sense, Uh, whichever teams keeping pace with each other should be a shootout. I was just going to stack them both. Uh, I don't think it's going to be as rare and unowned as I thought, but I still think it makes a nice correlative GPP stack. Yeah, and I don't think it's going to be quite as owned as you fear. Um, I still think Mahomes is going to be more owned than Hurts. And then it gets pretty spread out, right? I think Hurts is certainly going to be second line, but it's not going to be anything that – is deterring me from playing him in a GPP. Same goes for AJ Brown. He'll have a little bit of ownership, but Hill will be more expensive. Jefferson will be more expensive, or owned rather. Um, they are more expensive, but they'll be more owned. Jamar Chase is going to be more owned. I just, I, th- I think people are going to gravitate to him being only 7,900 going against the Cardinals with T Higgins out. Um, I know it's been shaky for Joe Burrow, but, People are going to gravitate towards that. Um, yeah, you know, that's Marquise, a kind of, there's going to be Marquise some people guard throw Joe Burrow with Chase in a lot of lineups. Yeah. Um, so Brown is, you know, if you wanted to get, if you wanted to be the sneaky guy, go back to your play from last week and run it back with Devonta, Devonta Smith. He's getting almost no ownership. Um, pretty similarly because it's always really tough to yeah, tell it's who it's, it's going to be. <laughs> who's your Who's your random GPP? <laughs> so start um, throwing a little bit of a discount with him. So, yep. Um, for me, I think I like just flipping the build, so to speak, a little bit and staying in that KC Minnesota game, um, but going with like just a mini stack of TJ Hawkinson with Isaiah Pacheco, something like that, just to still be in that game, but go a little differently. Right. Um, We've seen Pacheco kind of bully his way into the number one role in that, you know, CEH still gets some carries, but we've seen a lot less McKinnon so far this year than we did towards the end of the last year and in the playoffs. And no one's going to play Hawkinson just because of the price and he's the clear number two in that offense in, in terms of targets. Um, and in a great game environment like that, he's he's got a high ceiling for, for a tight end. So 
Hawkinson with Pacheco as kind of a mini stack is certainly interesting to me. I think that's a very interesting way about going about it. The question that I threw at you for the first time last week, and we're going to start doing every week is what random game should we target for a GPP contest in a showdown? And you said it a few weeks ago on this podcast and you said it succinctly in like a nice one sentence. The person you target for captain in your GPP showdown lineup is someone who could be the highest scoring player on the slate. Like Mm -hmm. it's that simple. Normally when we find some of these slates, it's very obvious who we think is the most likely to be the highest spend highest point score. There are some games where it could be three, four, five, or six different guys. And it's kind of interesting to target a one-off GPP showdown slate for one of these games. Um, I'm kind of stuck with where yeah. it would be this week. Like, is it, I, I, I'd say the, the it's one of the two games that we actually just spoke about in the GPP stacks that we were targeting originally. It might just mm-hmm. be Eagles Rams and going with like, uh, could Kyron Williams still be the guy? Could it be a Devonta Smith week? Could it be an AJ Brown week? Does Jalen Hurts just get two tush pushes? Or is it just in the KC Minnesota game where it's like, no, Kirk actually balls out or it's Justin Jefferson or it's Kelsey or it's Mahomes or it's Pacheco or like, is there another option besides those two where you throw a random dart throw in a GPP showdown? So you're, we're talking a one game showdown slate, right? One game, one game only. Yeah. Is it like Waddle? Right. Like I was going to say either like the, that Miami giants game, because Daniel Jones are pretty, those those offenses are pretty condensed. Right. So when, when, well, a Chan being involved kind of muddies that a little bit, but when the dolphins go off, right. It's Tua, it's Waddle and it's Hill for the most part. So I don't have to worry about whether Durham Smythe is going to be my captain or Braxton Berrios or usually Raheem Moser or A-Chain or anything like that. On the Giants side, I mean, what is there besides Daniel Jones, right? Um, I keep, Is Saquon like, playing? What's that? Is Saquon's going to play, I think. I think so. Um, yeah. But I'm not willing to pay. I wouldn't captain him. No, just because no. I, I'm not Captain Daniel to... Jones. If you chose any giant, Mike, would you exactly. rather be crazy enough to just take the Giants plus five thirty on the money line? If we're talking real dart throws, would you rather take Giants plus thirty on the money line, or make a DFS lineup and have Daniel Jones be your captain and have like go like a five one Giants situation? It's kind of similar. Why right? not? Getting... Why not both? Right. right. If Why one of both? them, if one of them wins, if the Giants win, do you end up just ten yeah. xing your DFS entry by stacking Giants? It's an interesting yeah. way to to look at these. I tell things. you what, no one's going to do that. So, right. If you're if you have a conviction, it you know we're talking about this specific game, but any of these games on the slate, if you have that's this is a pretty good segue, right? So, if you have a particular conviction about one game in particular. And it's and it's not the general consensus, right? Like you know, like I think Houston's gonna smack the Falcons, right? Make a make a showdown slate and just go hard five one stack of Houston and see if you can double like whatever X your money because nobody's 
gonna do that. So yeah, I think it's I think it's genius. It's so much better than playing the Houston Texans plus one fourteen. Like right, you're yes. gonna like check check where your projection and where your prediction lies. And then balance out if this were to be true, where's my biggest way to escalate this into a win? So if it's Mm -hmm. a solid conviction on the Carolina Panthers, maybe Mm -hmm. you just play the money line because it's plus 400. Maybe it's, you know what? No, because if that game's ugly, it's probably a low scoring fade golf situation. And it's kind of muddy with, with Detroit Lions. Maybe it's just better to play panthers money line then make it a weird showdown lineup but if you're like the houston texans are a plus 114 i'd rather throw cj stroud tank dell nico collins and and just go 5-1 with young way coup coming the other direction for the atlanta mm-hmm. side like that becomes very interesting and potentially you 7x you 10x you 30x your entry fee instead of just winning a 1.14x. So these are just very interesting conversations. I always love having Mike on the pod for some of these weird, wacky ones that I throw at him because he thinks in strange ways like I do. Uh, Mike, are there any player props? I know you're not really the biggest prop better. Are there any player props yeah. that you want to give out? Yeah. I know. <laughs> Exciting two weeks in a row of no, but I got nothing for you. All right. I, again, me and you, not the biggest prop betters, but I will always ask since we are studying the DFS market, maybe something one day pops up and we don't want to miss value when it shows up. But again, thank you as always for your time. We are ending this perfectly at the 30 minute mark as we predicted. I hope everyone has a great Sunday. Follow Mike at MLFM10 on Twitter. I will make sure he's tagged in the description, linked in all the things that I send out. So go make sure you follow him because his stuff equally as valuable as my own. Thank you guys and peace out.